Oh yeah, guys, what is going on? It is Game That Tune Gems back in the house for the month of May 2020. It's your boy John Harrington here. We got John Regan with us. Say hey. Hey. And we got Jesse Moore. Say hey. Hey. David is still ignoring us. Uh, I really didn't see that coming. I thought we would have a you know month to get him back on track with GTT Gems, but he's not here, so we're just going to make it work. Uh, as always, Johnny will talk about uh, all games that David would have talked about as though he is David. So, Johnny, get into character. Uh, give us your best David impression to start the show. Uh, oh, God. Oh, okay, <laughs> hold on. I wasn't prepared for that at all. <laughs> Just say, I make comics, and let's move on. I <laughs> my, my name is David, and I make comics, and that's me i'm david this is my david impression oh yep. boy i'm angry at my computer no actually real talk david is having a lot of computer issues that's why we really need you guys to up those pledges at patreon.com slash game that tune uh yeah, thanks for listening everybody uh it's gtt gems where we take a look back at video game music from 30 20 and 10 years ago and we got a great show coming up so we're gonna go ahead and jump back in time to may of 1990 Guys, the month is May, the year mm. 1990, mm. a time that will live in gaming infamy. That's right. Yes. A big release. Ooh. Huge games in May of 1990. Mm. So huge. We, you know, we, we've got three games to talk about. None more huge than the first game we're going to talk about. I'm talking about an all-time classic the Sega Genesis uh, famously did what Nintendo did not. And man, one of the things that the Sega Genesis did was feature a game called Shove It. That's right. Attitude, baby. Shove It. The warehouse game. What? It's, yeah. Warehouse? What, are you moving boxes and shit? <laughs> That's exactly right, Jesse. Oh, shit. This oh, you shove those it's boxes. Not, it's not you quitting from the warehouse. It's you actually just working at a warehouse. See, you tell that would be so it. much funnier. <laughs> press the, the game begins. You it. press start. You quit your job at the warehouse, and then the boxes all just stack up, and the game is just you watching a warehouse fill up with a cutscene every now and then of uh, you at home enjoying time with your girlfriend. No, um, game over. <laughs> Thanks for the sixty dollars. <laughs> It's the most postmodern game I've ever seen. <laughs> what the? Wow. Um, no, but in all actuality, yes. Shove it, the warehouse game. The Attitude Era version of Boxel for the Sega Genesis. We've talked uh, briefly about Boxel in the previous GTT Gems, where we couldn't quite make sense of it. Like, is this just a game where you're moving a box? Like, and... Uh, you know, there's a nebulous goal of move a box to this certain point. Like, uh, it's just kind of a tile sliding game. Yes, that's what it is. And yes, they made it and called it Shove It for the Sega Genesis. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what, a, what a fucking game this is. I love that they couldn't even just call it Shove It and trick people into buying it. They had to say Shove It, the warehouse game. Like, <laughs> it couldn't just be a box that said Shove It. It had to be a box that said "Shove it!" The warehouse game featuring an image well, of a man pushing a box to make sure <laughs> yeah. no one could accuse them of false advertising. <laughs> yeah, John, there's a thing called standards and practices. You can't just put out a game called "Shove it." I think yeah. you could. Yeah, <laughs> and then you know what is it? 
Uh, maybe if you read the back of the box, you find out that it's just a game of moving boxes. But no, like you know, you just need like all black, you know, box white block letters. Shove it, and if the kids buy it, good. If the parents let them rent it, great. And then, yeah, unfortunately, it's it's a game where you're moving boxes uh, through <laughs> puzzle rooms. Like, um, so yeah. We've got two fantastic tracks from the all-time amazing classic Shove It! The Warehouse Game. We've got the title theme and the main background music. Shove it! personate david is that he says can i just say a lot end of david impersonation nice well done john um 
Yeah, guys, I'm really sorry for that. I, that was that was a lot of build up to a game that did not earn that kind of credit. Hey, so. hey, John, shove mm-hmm. it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, see, all worthwhile. That's the you know, we, just to discover the catchphrase for the night. Um, <laughs> so, I'm gonna shove it into your faces uh, with some bonus beats for the next couple <laughs> of games to make up for how bad shove it is. Uh, Jesse, tell me something about this game. Uh, released May of 1990 for the NES, uh, a, a game that I believe did start a series and uh, was kind of beloved, a little game called Final Fantasy. This, uh, which one is this again? Is this the one with the, the, the raccoon tail? It's um, the one with the boxes and you shove it. Oh, oh. no, no, Final Boom. Fantasy fucking, like, what what hasn't been said about Final Fantasy like Good this question. game, this game shaped my video gaming brain. To uh, like, I remember my uncle bought it for me, and it was like I don't know where you like a garage sale or something because it didn't have a box. He's just like, mm-hmm. "Hey man, I bought this game for you," and you know, <laughs> I popped it in, and this was like nothing I had ever played on the NES. I had played you know the Mario Brothers games and and sports games and stuff, but. An RPG, what the fuck is this thing? And you get yeah, to pick Windows. What yeah. are we doing here? Yeah. You get to pick four different classes and then go on adventures and stuff and mm-hmm. and turn based battles and um and I don't know it's just... it taught me the word slain. Yeah, slain, uh, yeah. Slain? I'm like, you know, hold on, what was that word? Slain. It means oh, it means he's dead. Whoa. What a weird <laughs> word. Slain. <Yeah>. But um cool. <laughs> Yeah, like everyone knows this was like going to be their last game, you know. Oh, we got to we got to make mm-hmm. one last game and maybe it'll, you know, do good. So this really will be tell Final Fantasy and then now we're up to fucking 15 and a handful of, you know, a bunch of side, you know, Final Fantasies. It's it's yeah. a big big fucking thing. It's pretty robust this mm-hmm. uh, this franchise. It's uh, it's one of the classics. So yeah, Jesse? it had to hmm. Jesse, you got me thinking, just quick total tangent. Like, you know, you said you played this on, like, a loose cart. And it got me thinking about how, like, you know, growing up, you'd have that friend that, like, you go to their house and they had that weird VHS tape that was, like, a dub of a dub of a dub of a dub because, yeah. you know, you could copy VHS tapes. Uh-huh. Why didn't we have that in our video game carts? Like, like that, that weird game on an unmarked cart. Yeah, no <laughs> label. <laughs> Pop it in, turns out it's Final Fantasy, but, like, you could never actually describe it to somebody accurately. Like, no, I'm <laughs> telling you, man, like, you're, like, Red Mage or something, and, like, <laughs> you don't actually, like, do anything. You just, like, choose commands out of a window. I'm serious. It's a real thing. No, it's, it's an unmarked cart, and when you describe it to somebody, the game changes. <laughs> so when they play it, it's a whole different game. Yeah. Exactly. Every time, Wait, it's is, a different fantasy. This is Mad Max. What the fuck? Dope. <laughs> keep running out of gas. This game sucks. Uh, that's Marvel Madness. Beyond Thunderdome. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so we got three fantastic songs from the fantastic Final Fantasy. And uh, composer, uh, no, I'm not going to do the bit where I can't pronounce it. Nobuo Omatsu. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, we've got Overworld. We've got Matoya's Cave. And yes! we've got the battle theme. <laughs> Thank you. 
got the NES strategy guides for it for the, the ones that Nintendo Power made it. No it's kidding. Really, it's really good. Um, cool. And they what's cool is uh, they show like all the bosses, but they do not show what the final boss looks like. So they're like, oh, we're gonna spoil some stuff, but not the last boss. And they just give you like the stats, you know. I was gonna say, I'm sure true to final or Final Fantasy form, the last boss is some hideous pixel like giant ab- abomination. Right? Yeah, it's, like, it's crazy. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Good man. Fuck yeah, Final Fantasy, pretty great. Uh, and so we're closing out with one, uh, closing out month of, uh, month of May 1990 with one not quite as beloved as Final Fantasy, but I think it's got a pretty excellent soundtrack, and I think we've all attempted to play it and attempted to have fun playing it. Um, of course. Talking about the fantastic sequel, Ninja Gaiden 2, The Dark Sword of Chaos. Mm. Another really hard Ninja Gaiden game. Yeah, surprise, surprise, right in your eyes. It's Ninja Gaiden and it's really <laughs> goddamn hard. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I love these can games. That, I love giving it be, a try. <laughs> can that what? be the episode title, please? <laughs> surprise, surprise, right in your eyes. <laughs> Is that what you say Like right before you finish? <laughs> yes <laughs> of course it is like, yeah, what? When, ah! I say, when I say anytime I try to beat Ninja Gaiden oh. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> anytime a bird swoops down and attacks me <laughs> just, yeah. <"Wah>, surprise <laughs> and then they just keep on respawning it's just surprise surprise right in your eyes it's, it's very frustrating and very sexy uh, you know, my playing of this game um <laughs> Honestly, no, I don't remember what really makes this one distinct from the first Ninja Gaiden, but I know that I love the Ninja Gaiden games. Like, the first three are a lot of fun. Uh, you know, they're infinitely hard and very replayable. Um, you know, but they're, they're, I don't know, there's something, there's something fun in the challenge. Like, occasionally there's something really unfun in the challenge. I can't think of anything, like, specific to this like one. Like those but birds. Like, <laughs> the birds, and I feel like this one had, like, a wind oh, stage. Oh, fuck the wind. Like, uh, you know, there there was some tricky shit in these games. And, yeah, it is all just about, like, you could backtrack just a little bit. You really shouldn't, though, because <laughs> that thing you just killed and wasted all your ninja stars on, it's back. And you don't have any ninja stars left. <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, you better make a fucking, like, pixel-specific jump and fucking throw that flame wheel around yourself at the exact right time, or you're not getting anywhere in this fucking game. Um, oh, I love it. And yeah, the Dark Sword of Chaos ain't going to save you. So anyway, Ninja Gaiden 2, Dark Sword of Chaos. What a fucking game. Great soundtrack uh, from, fuck me, five listed composers. Ryuchi, Nita, Mayuki, Mayuko, Okamura, Sugito, Miyashiro, Hiroshi, Miyazaki, and Keiji Yamagishi. We've got three fantastic tracks. We've got the Tower of Laja. We've got Rushing Forward, and we've got Battling Precariously, as if there's any other way in Ninja Gaiden. So we'll see you guys in May of 2000.
Good lord, man. I, I kind of want to stay back in 1990 and just listen to more Ninja Gaiden music. But no, no, we got a job to do. We're here to listen to music from May of 2000. What a month. What a year. Um, there, you know, not a not a huge month, honestly, but I think we got a, a couple of good ones. We got, you know, I think, uh, you know, a couple of great composers and some actual some actual bona fide classics here. So we're going to start off with uh, a great composer, Yasunori Mitsuda. What do you what do you think Yasunori Mitsuda was up to in May of two thousand? If you said composing Bomberman sixty four the second attack, then yes, you're correct. Um. I believe we did feature this one not terribly, uh, you know, terribly long ago on Game That Tune, and it was kind of one of those moments like, wait a minute, why was Yasunori Mitsuda working on Bomberman 64-2? Like, that seems like, uh, you know, I don't know, he's like, you know, sh- he's punching down or something, like, uh, he should be working with sweeping orchestras or some shit, but, you know, hey, we'll take it. Uh, Johnny, any memories of Bomberman 64, the second attack? Nope. Cool. Jesse? <laughs> I don't think I played this one, but I played the first one. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's Bomberman. It's Bomberman. <laughs> yeah. And I, I assume they, you know, they made a sequel because there's probably a robust single-player element to this. And because Yasunori Mitsuda needed a, uh, a paycheck. That's, that's really what it was. He's like, guys, I, I made like 600 Bomberman tracks, and you only used a few of them for that first game. Can I, can I get you to make another game so I can release some of this music? Yeah, sure. Fuck it. Why not? So um, that's the story we're sticking with from Bomberman 64, The Second Attack, and composer Yasunori Mitsuda. We got Sky Planet Horizon, and we've got Battle Royal. We'll be right back. 
like it. It's uh, kind of fun for like a you know four-player battle theme, like a little little plinky, little digital action. It's uh, you know, it's got a good sound to it, and you know, I'm into it. It's almost like Yasunori Mitsuda is a good composer. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Um, so this next game, one that I definitely have not played, but I included it because uh, I think maybe Jesse gave it a shot and also because I feel like it was just one of those ones like well that's just a sign of the times that I can't pass up I'm of course talking about the ever popular anime adaptation Digimon World for the PlayStation 1 um <laughs> totally missed the Digimon thing <laughs> just yeah see that was a shot in the dark I wasn't I, sure if uh, there was any chance of that I put um, my eggs in the Pokemon basket and never looked my back man. <laughs> good smart man Turns out you bet on the right horse. <laughs> Pokemon still great. Digimon, uh, it's included in this segment talking about two thousand things because I had forgotten it existed. Um, Johnny, man, share a, share some Digimon memories with us. What do you what do you got for us? Well, you know my number one memory of Digimon was that one guy in middle school middle school who started like a hentai site uh-huh. around it this is why i asked john <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i asked because there's not a lot to say about this game and i know that in middle school there was a kid handing out business cards for his digimon hentai what? website business cards <laughs> he yeah had and business like they weren't cards. and they weren't just like printed like on his inkjet printer like he had clearly ordered them <laughs> yep he <laughs> made someone print like a you know, a fucking hentai Digimon picture on a business card with like a website address, and he was handing them no. out in gym class. <laughs> I I remember the picture being you know fine and safe, you know, but like oh, still, I don't. <laughs> yeah. this was in like seventh and eighth grade, right? Like you don't buy things online in eighth grade in two thousand. How do nope. you do that? Like so he so he had to go in person to like a, bu- <laughs> a, a business card printing place and order these things yep jeez it's it was uh it was a hell of a time man and uh yeah it uh you know i'll say it man it's the first time i looked at hentai because it's like <laughs> how am i supposed to say no to that like you, wait a minute so like there's someone drew cartoons having sex but all the digimon things are like monsters right Oh no! <laughs> oh yes! <laughs> it's some confusing. I hope this times. doesn't awaken anything in me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that plant monster's having sex with that cowboy girl. Oh man, this. Uh, I feel like I shouldn't be looking at this. This feels really wrong. <laughs> so that's uh, that's our memories of uh, Digimon. I'm sure <laughs> Johnny has you know the same exact memories. I think we were in the same room and we're both embarrassed to talk about it. Uh, so yeah, from uh, Digimon World from the PlayStation One, no hentai. Uh, we've got theme of the Gear Savannah and theme of Misty Trees.
seriously, people are really, I think, you know, listening to this show, they probably are after like further discussion of me and Johnny looking at Digimon Hentai in the seventh and eighth grade. Like, that's that's what the people are here for, right? Sounds like, like a whole give, new podcast. Got to give the people what they want. <laughs> yeah, just you know, can we get Chris? The kid who was handing out the cards. Can we get him as a guest on the show? <laughs> I wasn't going to drop his name. Dropped his yes, name. Patrons, you know, yeah, don't look him look up. Him up. <laughs> Go to his house. Yeah. Be like, hey, do you have any of that gray Amon porn? And they're like, right. what? <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. I sold all of it <laughs> to John Harrington. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whoa. It's been turns a rough out, couple of days. <laughs> turns out it awakened something in him. <laughs> um, so. Anyway, on to a game uh, significantly less, uh, you know, sexual in nature. Not that Digimon was, uh, you know, that was just our experience with it. So maybe Jesse's experience with Vagrant Story is similar. Jesse, tell us about the Vagrant Story hentai site that you were running in middle school. Well, I call it uh, Vagrant Glory Hole. <laughs> and uh, Vagrant's Hori. And... And so you go around as this guy named Ash, and you stick your penis in these holes, and then uh, you press X, and hopefully something cool happens. Um, <laughs> it's Tori of my life. That's <laughs> how it works. <laughs> and, uh, uh, no, but um, Vagrant Story is pretty cool. Um, it's very unique. I haven't, I never got too deep into it, but it's got a like a cool battle system where it's kind of like an action RPG, but you can like stop it. And like uh, f- attack like specific body parts and whatnot on creatures and um, I know the guy who made it also made Final Fantasy Tactics, and I think worked on Final Fantasy Twelve. Um, oh yes, because of Evilis. Yeah, they're part of the Evilis uh, series. It's like it's weird. Like they have this whole like world where these different games take place. Like mm-hmm. like completely. Uh, like disconnected from each other, but they're in the same world. It's it's very weird. I like it. I think it's pretty cool. It's uh paints a paints a rich picture of a interesting fantasy world in which uh, anything can happen, including games that aren't necessarily related to each other. Yeah. <laughs> like just uh yeah, awesome stuff in the Vagrant Story. So yeah, we got two fantastic tracks from Vagrant Story and composer Hitoshi Sakamoto. Uh, we've got Joshua and we've got Nightmare.
which I saw Agumon's penis. I just, I've never been able to get that out of my brain. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Oh, God. Just. Mm. Good old Agumon. Digi Digimon dicks and the word shove it. It's just, you know, all that's in my brain now. I'm so glad that we t went down this path for GTT Gems. Great episode. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, man. You're welcome, patrons. <laughs> <sighs> you can thank me for asking John the question. But you can thank John. <laughs> also, thank me for knowing exactly where Johnny was going to go with that. Because and you can yeah. thank Chris <laughs> for starting the Digimon Hentai site. Yep, we're bringing number. him in as a guest. He's going to record a guest segment. <laughs> oh, Jesus. No. Anyway, yeah. So uh, we're closing out the month of May 2000 with a fantastic. Oh, excuse me. Closing out the month of May 2000 with a fantastic classic for the Nintendo 64, one that I played a ton of, uh, you know, mostly in multiplayer. You know, think about it, I you know, so seldom play a first-person shooter for like a single-player campaign to completion. I'm all about that multiplayer, and I always was in perfect dark. Because um, seriously, what else were you doing? You you gotta just get your friends together, throw out a bunch of briefcase guns. Grab that sniper rifle that can shoot through walls, and uh, you, know, you don't have to worry about odd job in this one. He's not there, so you know level playing field. Well, didn't they have like an alien that you could play there as? Was, he was short. There was Elvis, and he was pretty short. So, <laughs> shit, Jesse. Thanks for reminding me. You ruined my no odd job oh. theory. Ah, <laughs> uh, but you know, man, perfect dark. What a game. Uh, pretty cool. Gotta have that uh, Nintendo 64 expansion pack, uh, and it just, uh, yeah, it, it just took the stuff that was cool about Goldeneye, and uh, I don't know, made uh, made a little bit more out of it. Like, I, you know, I can't remember if this was being developed with the thought that it was gonna be uh, like a, another James Bond game, and they ended up just slapping new stuff onto it once they like couldn't get the license or not. But uh, it's it's a really great game, and I was really disappointed when. It didn't become a like long-running series for Nintendo systems. Like, how the fuck did we let Rare get bought by Microsoft and put out Perfect Dark on 360? Bleh, ew, no. Like, you know, Rare is so synonymous with my childhood playing Nintendo 64. Like, you know, that's what Nintendo needs to be doing is reacquiring Rare and getting the Perfect Dark team. That's right, the GoldenEye team. We need to get them working on fucking metroid prime 4 that's what i'm that's what i'm asking for that you know the guys haven't made a first person shooter in 15 years let's get them working on a modern first person shooter and yeah do a little metroid prime cross perfect dark metroid perfect i'd be into it you know female protagonist shooting shit one has a suit of armor one's a super spy come on it writes itself and with a fantastic grant kirkhope soundtrack you know sky's the limit baby so uh Perfect Dark. That's your bonus beats for the uh, for the 2000s segment. We got three great songs uh, again from composer Grant Kirkhope. It's uh, Carrington Institute, Mayan Tears, and Chicago. And we will see you guys in 2010. Sounds like Goldeneye. Yeah, it does.
right, fellas. So here we are, May of 2010, and it was a pretty good month for a certain set of gamers. The set of gamers I am, of course, thinking of is guys that thought they were too cool for Nintendo systems, so they didn't buy a Wii. So they're sitting there at their PlayStation 3, and they're like, man... I kind of miss playing my old Nintendo games. I wish I had another system. And then PlayStation was like, hey, guess what? We have things that vaguely resemble the games you like to play on your Nintendo system. Would you maybe like to play those on your PlayStation 3? Jesse, do you see where I'm going with this? Is that that uh, All-Stars Battle game? No, I'm sorry. The first thing we're talking about is a game called 3D.GameHeroes. Oh, that one. I hear that's actually pretty good. I've never played it myself, but... People who have played it have told me that it's very fine. Yeah, I'm really disappointed in myself that I haven't played it, and I'm really disappointed in doing research for this episode that it is literally a PlayStation 3 exclusive. Like, how has this not gotten a re-release? It's just basically a Legend of Zelda game, but made with 3D pixels. I believe they're called voxels. Don't say anything, John. I don't want to hear it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Don't give me that look. (laughs) Um... But yeah, it's just it's uh it's resembling like Zelda or Zelda Link to the Past and you're playing as uh, boxy characters in a fun boxy world and the things that I know about it is uh it's apparently a huge homage to Zelda. There's a bunch of references and as you power up your sword, your sword literally gets enormous. Like Yeah, you wanna, oh, it you know, sure does. Yeah, man, the sword gets yeah. huge, baby, and shoots lightning and stuff, but uh no, it like apparently I've seen screenshots of it. And it's like yeah, the, like eventually the sword like fills the screen and just kills everything at once. Like it looks Dope. really really cool, and you know it was one of those things where it's like I should maybe play that. And I remember like David having some snarky comment like I don't need to play that. I've already played Legend of Zelda. I'm like yeah yeah maybe I don't need to play it. And it's like wait a minute now here I am ten years later like. I should have played that. That would have been a fun little homage. <laughs> like, I had time 10 years ago. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, so, anyway, it's a cool-looking game, and it's trapped on the PlayStation 3, so I, I don't know when I'll get the chance to play it. It really does seem like kind of thing. I mean, it might be in, like, the PlayStation Store at this point. I'll have to take a look. But uh, it, you know, it seems like something that would be kind of fun and breezy to go back to. Just, you know, I like Zelda games. So why not pick this up? So we got two songs from 3D.GameHeroes, several listed composers, uh, most notable Shinji Hosoe. Then we got Ayako Sasso, Yosuke Yasui, Shoichiro Sakamoto, Teru Tanaguchi, Takehiro Iguchi, and uh, holy fuck, they're longer than my column length in this thing, Norihiro Hurukawa. Wow, what a list of composers on 3D.GameHeroes. And, uh, yeah, we got the Demon Valley, and we got the main theme. And tell me if you think they were trying to make a Zelda game here.
really feels like they were trying to be like as close while still being legally distinct from <laughs> Zelda music as possible. <laughs> like, uh, we really want to make it clear that we're paying homage to the Zelda series. Like we can't just steal their exact music, but we should make it sound real close. It's like um, when uh, Weird Al does a style parody instead of a yes, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, and then uh, keeping on the path of uh, playing games that resemble games that were on uh, Nintendo systems, Jesse, did you ever play Mod Nation Racers? On the on the PSP, I did. Oh really? Okay, cool. Because um, yeah, this seemed like a really cool idea. That is not some long-running series now. It's like, oh yeah, Mod Nation Racers seem like a, like a really good Mario Kart clone where you could dr- design your own tracks. Like, how did that not get super popular? What is wrong with PlayStation owners? Like, that sounded cool as shit. <laughs> um, and and here we are, ten years later. It's not a thing. Like, I feel like it should have been a thing. There's really not a whole ton of kart racers. Like, yeah. So, you know, you come up with an original one, and I, I, I know what, you know, ultimately happened to it. They did Mod Nation Racers, and they did the PSP version, and then I think they tried to figure out a way to make it part of a, you know, series, and they uh, they released a, a new version and called it Little Big Planet Karting, mm-hmm. and made it, you know, create your own tracks, and it's the Little Big Planet series, and... I don't know what happened to the Little Big Planet series. It seemed for a while there like that was going to be some big fucking thing for Sony. And here we are. It's like, wait, did that just go away? Like, are they done? They were really pushing Sackboy for a little while there. Like, what happened to old Sackboy? <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, uh, design your own Mario Kart game on the PlayStation 3. It, it always sounded really appealing to me. But I had a Wii, and I was like, yeah, I get to play Mario Kart. I don't need to play Mod Nation Racers. You know, I'm a snarky dumbass that doesn't have time for time to own two kart games. So, um, yeah, didn't play it. Kind of wish I had now that it's not a thing anymore. But, you know, oh, well, so it goes. Uh, we got two fantastic songs from the Mod Nation Racers soundtrack and composer Peter Chapman. We got Ain't No Stopping It and Make the Bass Go Boom.
ways to awaken Johnny in this segment. Uh, Johnny, would it help you to want to play Mod Nation Racers if uh, I mentioned that the soundtrack vaguely sounds like Jet Set Radio? Yes, yes yeah. it would. Create your own kart racer and a soundtrack that vaguely sounds like Jet Set Radio, John. What do you think, man? I'm sold. I'm in. I'm in. Let's do this. Let's, do this. Let's play Jet Set Radio, Mod Nation Racers, Jet Set Radio. Here's the problem, John. Neither of them are a thing anymore. <laughs> so, oh, no. Yeah. You're going to have to design those yourself, pal. <laughs> so, All right. I uh, can do that. You know, man, a, a Jet Set Racer Radio, Jet Set Radio Racers, uh, where you make your own tracks and you know shred on them with uh, rollerblades. Why haven't they done yeah. that? Good Pack idea. Spray paint. Yep. You know, you pick up spray paint as power ups. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much that for the uh, games that vaguely resemble Nintendo games. But uh, this next one, uh, you know, seemed like a really fun idea that I also I'm really upset with myself that I've like forgotten about it and overlooked it until now. Uh, Jesse, are you familiar with the game Split Second? Is that the racing game? It is a racing game, yes. Okay. And it looks right up my alley as a guy that likes arcadey, like, burnout-style racing games. Um, do you know the kind of, like, the hook on this one? Is this the one where, um, God, I think this is the one where, like, stuff gets, like, destroyed around you and yeah. stuff? And Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, it's vaguely like Burnout and Mario Kart, but like when you drive through a power-up box, it causes the environment to be destroyed, and like that's what happens to like defend yourself from like people coming behind you. So if you're in first, you know, you're kind of killing it, and if you you know in any other place, shit's gonna go wrong for you, and you got to be able to steer your way like around it. It sounds pretty fucking cool. Like you you know transform the racetrack by you know running through special boxes and shit. I'm like, damn yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like what they probably thought like Excite Truck was gonna be, and then Excite Truck sucked ass, and you know split second like it's like yeah you know transforming the environment and doing cool shit like yeah that's uh, that's a really fun racing concept I you know I'm really regretful that I haven't played that because again that's another one that's like oh cool they probably re-released this at some point they didn't what the fuck like <laughs> what is it what happened man why why don't people want games from 2010 and in, in 2020. There's so many, so many of these I would play. Or is it because they're technically not that hard to find? Like, I could probably go to GameStop and find this for, like, a nickel. Is that the problem? <laughs> that I don't want to go to a GameStop right now and spend a nickel? Well, not right now, though. You don't want to no. go to a GameStop. Exactly, man. I, you know, God, those places, they were, you know, gross when there wasn't a pandemic going on. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, we got two fantastic songs from Split Second and composer Mark Canham. We've got Wreckage of a Race and Gone in a Split Second.
Yeah. That's some good racing music. Good destroying shit music. Uh, you know, really... Yeah, uh, all this episode's doing is filling me with regret for things I haven't played. Oh, jeez. And, you know, and hentai that I once looked at. Anyway, um, so this next game, Johnny, I know you're familiar with it. You're a, you're a big uh, big fan of uh, the wrestler Hangman Adam Page. You're a big fan of cowboy shit. And mm-hmm, so this mm-hmm. game was, uh, you know, tops on your list. This, uh, this Red Dead Redemption. What a game that you played to completion. True story. Yeah. My favorite scene in all of the Red Dead Redemption game is um, that scene where, like, the actual John Wayne shows up. The actual John Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) Like, in your house? It's really weird. Let me hear the impression, John. I want to hear your John Wayne. Well, listen here, Pilgrim. That's it? (laughs) We're gonna ride on down to the river <laughs> pilgrim pilgrim it's not a pilgrim game john it's cowboys <laughs> but i call people pilgrim because uh, i'm john wayne and that's what i do pilgrim i have right. small feet pilgrim yeah. <laughs> anyway uh yeah no um i've never seen a single john wayne movie in my life wow John, I mean that's less of a like egregious thing. We give you a lot of shit for the movies that you haven't seen, but John Wayne, you know, he old, yeah, uh, and you know, fuck him. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, uh, fuck Red Dead him. Red- <laughs> Red Dead Redemption hey, John really- Wayne, shove it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, John Wayne <laughs> died before I was born, I believe. I'll have to get somebody to check on that. And I was raised on Public Enemy. I've been you know, raised on a very steady diet of uh, fuck Elvis and fuck John Wayne. So apparently Chuck D has a problem with him. And I support that. I like Chuck D more than John Wayne. That's uh, that's what I'm saying. Red Dead Redemption, though, it's a really good cowboy game. Um, I played the shit out of that one, man. It, yeah, it was Grand Theft Horse. It was a lot of fun. Um, there's really not much that needs to be said about it. It was a, it was a hell of a game and it took them long enough to make a damn sequel. Um, 10 years. And yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I like the damn, uh, I like that cowboy shit. I like riding around and I like that dead eye system, being able to slow down time, do a little of that max pain bullet time shit. <sighs> hell yeah. John Wayne died in 1979. That's fantastic news. Yeah. Yeah. You know, John Wayne was never alive in my lifetime. Fuck him. <laughs> so. Fantastic news. <laughs> Hot breaking news. Stop the presses. John Wayne died in 1979. <laughs> fantastic news. So anyway, um, from Red Dead Redemption, a fantastic game. We've got two fantastic tracks uh, from composers Bill Elm and Woody Jackson. We've got Horseplay and we've got Far Away by Jose Gonzalez. Horseplay. Don't say it,
front of a runaway train Just to feel alive again Pushing forward through the night Aching just to lower aside It's so far, so far Stay here in
designed the show this way, John. I kill any desire of yours to talk about horse sex play with a beautiful emotional song. <laughs> so, <laughs> ah, God damn it. Yeah, he, God, horses have big dicks. He's in the middle of something. Anyway, um, wow. <laughs> uh, Jesse, let me get you off of that topic and onto a topic I know that you like. Oh, boy. Naruto. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was a PSP game uh, with a really long title, Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Heroes 3. Oh. What a game. I've never played this game. Uh, it, since you said it has the Shippuden title, that is the second Naruto series where they're all grown up. And uh, oh. I'm less familiar with that one. I've, I've seen all the original Naruto, but not Shippuden. Dang. That's uh, that's news to me. I didn't know that. I thought maybe, uh, you know, it said Naruto. Jesse likes Naruto. We'll have something to say about this. I mean, it's the all the same characters. They're just a little bit older. Um, and now there's a third one where you get to see Naruto's son, which I haven't Ooh. watched that one either. Because <laughs> there's, there's too fucking much of it. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they, they're just not stopping, are they? No. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, Anime it, it's ninjas. a ninja fighting game. Anime. <laughs> uh, I assume uh, it's you know it's made by uh, CyberConnect2, so I assume it's got uh, like cool anime style and uh, you know because yeah I'm trying to remember fuck what you know why did I think that was worth mentioning? What did CyberConnect2 make? Oh, they made like the Dot Hack games. Yep, Dot Hack and um, Silent Bomber and Tail Concerto. And since then, they pretty much made these Naruto games. Yeah, <laughs> they make anime games, is what they do. <laughs> and they, they do a really good job. They make them very pretty, very anime-ish. You know, very. Yeah. They, they stick to the the source material pretty good. Um, if you're a fan of an anime and they make an anime game, you're probably gonna like a, most of it. So. Hell yeah! So that's coming from a big fan of Naruto Shippuden, uh, which I insist I'm saying correctly. So yeah, you know, Close, that's. You know, it, it was such a packed segment that I didn't think I was going to do bonus beats, but just because Jesse loves Naruto so much, this is your bonus beats for the mo- uh, month Sweet. of May 2010. So we got three fantastic stage themes from Naruto Shippuden. Uh, hold on, let me say the fucking whole name right. Uh, <laughs> Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Heroes 3. Uh, here we go, three stage themes. <laughs>
three songs from that because I figured one people that listen to this would maybe think, man, they would never do three songs from a Naruto game. That's fucking wild. <laughs> and also because I was listening to the soundtrack, and it's a nice mixture of hard rock and shit and some of those traditional Japanese instruments. It was uh, it was a surprisingly nice soundtrack. Hell so yeah. you know, uh, count me in. Uh, never playing the game, but uh, count me in on that soundtrack. It sounds sounds delightful. So uh, hell yeah. So speaking of a game, I'm never gonna play. Uh, Johnny, bust out your Nintendo DS and tell mm. us all about this fantastic puzzle game, Picross 3D. Oh, I love Picross 3D because it's um, you know, usually <laughs> shouldn't even be a pause, Johnny. You should be able to flow right into this one. <laughs> it's Picross. Picross 3D. Yeah, Picross usually just have two dimensions, the X and the Y. That's right. This John. one adds the Z dimension. <laughs> or Z in Canada. Yes, exactly. Save for our English listeners. Um, yeah, it's uh, Picross 3D for the DS, uh, developed by HAL Laboratory, which uh, is pretty cool. And it's, uh, it's a cool puzzle game that I anticipated David being here to say something about. Um, it's, you know, it's Picross puzzles, which... Man, I thought I was good at those. They're not hard, and yet somehow I fuck those Picross puzzles up, man. I tried some Mario's Picross. I tried like a little phone Picross game. I'm not very good at them. I'm really upset with myself. I, it's like, this is pretty easy stuff. It's pretty much just like follow the instructions and find the thing. Somehow I fuck it up continually. So 3D Picross. Oh, I probably, <laughs> you know. Next dimension of suck for me. <laughs> it's just, you know, but it's intriguing because, yeah, HAL Laboratory was making a puzzle game for the DS. So I was like, oh, well, that's getting in there because guess what? It's got composer Jun Ishikawa and Hirokazu Ando working on it. So, uh, you yeah. know, what's, what's not to love? It's, uh, it's a Picross game that might sound a little bit like a Kirby game. And, uh, yeah, so uh, we've got... Uh, a poorly labeled theme, uh, level theme from Picross, <laughs> and a poorly labeled challenge theme from Picross 3D. So let's hear these fantastic songs.
right, that's why I wanted David here, because he fucking loves Box Boy. And this is like a box-based puzzle game. There's so much box content in this episode that David's not here for. He's not here for Shove It. He's not here for Picross. It's just the two, really, but, you know. Oh, and not here for Perfect Dark. (laughs) 3D.Game Heroes and Perfect Dark. What a box. Boxes Um, and ninjas. Yeah, and Hen Hentai, man. He's missing out. This yeah. is God, this is David's episode of the show. Oh, and he's not here to represent himself. And I say that facetiously about all those things, because then we've got the game that I really wanted to discuss with David, because we always get into it when we discuss this. Super Mario Galaxy 2. <laughs> um, you know, a classic disagreement between me and David. I think this game's really fantastic, and for some reason... I think this game is trash. Thank you, Im- uh, Imposter David. Tell us why. Huh. Well, because the first Super... Super Mario Galaxy game gave you this great sense of exploration and other worlds and things like that. Super Mario Galaxy 2, it's just the same goddamn game again. You know? Like, what's the fucking point? Just, like, release an expansion pack for Super Mario Galaxy and call it a day. Why is this its own game? This should just be an expansion to the first game. I've never played either game, but I'm pretty sure that's the argument. Uh, honestly, I, you know, I believe David's whole argument was that he liked the story elements of Super Mario Galaxy so much that when they weren't as prevalent in Super Mario Galaxy 2, he didn't like the game as much. To which I mm. counter by saying the story elements weren't all that awesome in Super Mario Galaxy, and Super Mario Galaxy 2 is as good as Super Mario Galaxy gameplay-wise. So it's you know it's like a what were you what were you after kind of situation. David liked the storybook and it introduced him to his favorite fucking princess. So, you know, he loves Super Mario Galaxy. And then Super Mario Galaxy 2, it's like, how about 120 more levels? Like, let's just play a fun game. Like, don't worry about the storybook. It's really not about that. So, I don't know. Both are good. Uh, you know, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a you know disagreement as old as time itself, dating back 10 years. Yeah. Me, me and David, you know, bitter rivals over Super Mario Galaxy 2, a game that I think is pretty fucking awesome. John, did you have something else to say as David? Um, just that this, you you know, you say this rivalry is old as time itself, and yeah, John, Literally this actually goes back, back years. <laughs> it really goes back 6,000 years. <laughs> like, Whoa, is that when time began? a lot. <laughs> time, time began 6,000 years ago. Oh, hell, man. You about to hit us with some knowledge? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn, I thought, th- thought there was a punchline to that. Anyway, we got two awesome... Uh, songs from Super Mario Galaxy 2 and composer Mojito Yokota. We got the Sky Station Galaxy and we've got the Galaxy Generator. So let's generate those galaxies, baby.
Yep. So, you know, I thought about it, and I'm with David. If you're going to make a game with a pretty sweet fucking story, don't put out just a bunch of levels and call it the sequel and, like, blow off the story, right? If you don't blow off the story, just call it an expansion pack. Okay, see, I didn't want to actually get into this, but no, like, that's the thing, man. You know, so the story that David's referring to in... Super Mario Galaxy is told is literally a very good story. No, but it's told it's not like part of the game. It's just you go you can play that whole game and never see that story. You go into a room and watch a little storybook scene telling you that story. And they have similar things telling a different story in this one, but it's I guess not as poignant. Uh, you know, or it didn't resonate with David, but no, the, the Super Mario games, not about story. And so, you know, the David latched on to the Super Mario Galaxy story and then, you know, for some reason judged Super Mario Galaxy too harshly for just being a really great game. It always, it always struck me as odd. I don't want to rag yeah. on him because he's not here to defend himself. He's only got yeah. John as a terrible imposter. Yeah, in hindsight, let's cut all this because I'm not doing a very good job here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a terrible David. This can all, let's just cut. No, this all staying in now that you've admitted you're a terrible David. Because, Johnny, ah. we're at the end of the show. You get to finally drop the act. You get to finally stop being a terrible David, and you get to be a real John Regan Terrible about it. John. Yeah, you get to be <laughs> classic terrible Johnny. But Johnny that I know, at least for a few minutes, played our final game of the night. The game that's going to play us out tonight. I'm talking about Bit Trip Runner. Yes. Thank this God. This game's a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, because it's the kind of game where, you know, you're running, like in the title, and whoa, things happen on the beat, like jumping and ducking and things like that. And, it, like, it's one of those games where you get into a groove, right? Because everything's happening in the music, you listen to the music, and it all just kind of makes sense. Like, it just, everything just connects. Mm-hmm. It's like playing, like, have you ever played Rez? No. Ah. Uh. It's like it's just like playing res. Like but, everything is kind of like it. Like you don't quite understand how everything is matching up, but like it is, and it just kind of makes sense to you. I mean, and yeah. also it's like three in the morning. Right. You know, <laughs> you've been up all like somehow like, yeah, you stayed is... up all goddamn night playing this game. <laughs> and he was like, "All right, yeah, I get it. This, this just ad- everything just adds up. What does it add up to? I don't know, but it adds up." Mm-hmm. And you know that is the way it starts to feel. I played uh, I played some of Runner Two, and you know you, yeah you're right, man. I think that Johnny. I think we need to say you you you're a fan of games that let you get in a groove, man. You've talked yeah. about some of these grooving games, these uh you know Crypt of the Necro Dancers and you know fucking mm-hmm. Bit Trip Runners. Ape like out. you got gotta get a little uh, get a little groove going. Yeah, I like getting into groove. I like just kicking back, and it's just like yeah, like. Everything it just it's just making sense to me. Like yes. I just I just get it. It's your musical like, background because whenever I try to play this, it feels like a lot of goddamn work. I never get the groove because it's like okay, it's uh, yeah. There's a rhythm and things happen on it, but there's yeah. like five different buttons that it could be that you know activate like you know it's, it's jump, slide, do this or that. Like it's never the groove for me. <laughs> so. No, it's not. I play the saxophone. It is one hundred percent not my musical background. Have you heard me play saxophone? I just do what I want and call it. To, Damn, like, dude! Yeah, you know, I wasn't gonna put it out there like that. I think you're a fine sax player. <laughs> yeah, you're a better saxophone player than me, motherfucker. <laughs> so, anyway, um, yeah. So, Bit Trip Runners playing us out. Uh, what a game! What a show! What a what a weird, wild month this was. Um, Shove it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> take that show and shove it in your shove holes, boys. 
Uh, Shove it, May 2020. <laughs> take that. Um, it's uh, yeah, it was a good one. I'm glad the glad that we got together to do this because yeah, a lot of a lot of great tunes. A pretty pretty packed ass show. Um, and yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Thanks for everybody uh, being a patron. Uh, tell your friends to head to Patreon. Tell your friends to head to twitch.tv slash GTT radio for our new uh, 24-7 live stream. We a- recently added a like quiz feature. It's a real game changer. You can go there and just play video game music guessing games and listen to you know video game music all goddamn day if you want. It's really distracting me from trying to get my shit packed and move. Um... And yeah, special thanks to the Patreon super fan tier producers, Alex Messenger, Lance Revere, Damian Beckles, Bradford Stevens, Daniel Perkey, uh, Chrono, Dominic Guy, Kelly Om, Taylor Y, and Sam L. You're all fantastic. And uh, thank you for listening and being supporters of the show. And uh, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, you know, Johnny, I'm sorry that we foisted the, uh, the David role upon you, but you, know, you, you really rose to the occasion. Uh, as uh, seriously did illustrated, I? but you, you did. You got me hot and bu- you know, hot under the collar for fucking Super Mario Galaxy Two. That's all it takes to be David. And mm. you know, Jesse, thank you for being here. Of course, it was great. Uh, you know, it was a it was a hell of a month with some great tunes, and you know that's why we're going to finish strong with uh, two songs from Bit Trip Runner. We've got the song Strength uh, with no list of composer, and then we've got the actual final song, Blackout City from Who. Anamanaguchi, motherfuckers. So yeah, we're closing real strong. Thanks for listening to GTT Gems. Peace out, everybody.